Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. We're continuing on with our Women's History Month theme, so that means looking back at some of the best TV shows and cartoons starring the most iconic female characters. This week, we're looking back at some truly outstanding female-led cartoons as we put Brace Face with Sophie Spitz up against Ginger Foutley and As Told by Ginger. And we take a special look at an exceptional cartoon in Daria and why she is so amazing and so elite. La 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 la, la 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 la. And without further ado, let's get started. Yes, that's right. You can hear Eternal in the background with Power of the Woman. And that's what we're doing for the next month or so. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm so excited to be talking about these three shows, all of them. You seem like you're in a really good mood this week. <laughs> I mean... Uh, yeah, well, this, this podcast is going to be aiming to make people forget just for a little bit with everything that's happening yeah yeah and besides the longer we make it the the easier the uh the self-isolation and the lockdown will be that's true i just gotta ask you though have you managed to pick up any uh toilet rolls because well i, I know a guy who got some so uh <laughs> thanks to that guy thank you to this man instead of sorry to this man thank you to this man um yeah so it's getting a bit crazy out there though, at the moment. Like, I think it's like, this is kind of people acting like it's, um, the T virus from like resident evil or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm just amazed by the, the sheer selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. I think, but the advice by everyone is that don't panic buy, buy as normal yeah. and everything will be fine. Yeah. The, the, the supermarket chief had said, look, Nothing's running out. Stop bulk buying. You don't you don't have to buy hundreds and thousands of toilet paper. I mean, what is the deal with that? Yeah, I know, it's not even one of the symptoms. What no, what is toilet paper going to do? Is that is that going to save your life? I mean, I no. mean, I I think um I read somewhere it might have been uh, St Bart's Hospital telling people to stop taking hand sanitizers in the actual hospital. Oh, they're I taking think, them from the hospital. Yeah. Wow. I think that's like the 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 lowest it's 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 gone. But I feel like it's only going to get lower. Yeah. I mean, people were taking the uh, sanitizers from our meeting rooms and stuff at work. Um, I mean, I I'm not I'm not surprised by that. No, it's just like uh, but like like you said, if everyone just calmed down, everyone would have enough. Yeah. But because we live in a greedy capitalist society where me, me, me. I, I, I. Grab, grab, grab. Yeah, yeah. And then it, it makes other, like, I think there was another thing where I saw, like, they're selling, like, a single, like, roll of, like, bog roll for, like, almost a pound. Really? And they're selling, like, a pack for, like, 20 quid. I might sell mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
who knows yeah you you might you, you might you might turn a profit even in self isolation you'd be making tons and tons of money <laughs> but no like i said with with the with the uh, the self isolation you guys could uh, sit back and listen to hours and hours and hours of us talking about when things in the past weren't so bad and we had lots of toilet paper back in <laughs> 95 or whatever or, year we ended up doing or, la- <laughs> or last week yeah because it keeps changing yeah daily don't forget daily hours i'm just glad i don't have to shake no one's hand yeah 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 uh, we're doing elbows at work i'm not doing anything i mean I-, I never was anyway but now it's like if i don't have to yeah because obviously it's like oh okay maybe socially you want to shake someone's hand but like even then i was i was very daria-esque what miserable just, old goat just yeah at work <laughs> that's just me with my face don't talk to me. Yeah, and it's uh I think we can go on forever talking about how ominous everything is and how everything can change daily. Cuz I remember this time last week it wasn't a, a pandemic. No, no it wasn't a pandemic. Cases weren't really that much in the UK. No. Everything has just like gone exponentially. There's no football. Football's no cancelled, Formula 1's cancelled. NBA's been cancelled. Uh the hockey's been cancelled. Everything's it's crazy. I, I mean, but uh, yeah, let's uh, go on to our regularly scheduled podding, and uh, we're going to start with "As Told by Ginger." Now we're going back to October two thousand. Mass demonstrations in Belgrade lead to the resignation of Slobodan Milosevic, and these demonstrations are often called the Bulldozer Revolution. 250 million US gallons of coal sludge spill in Martin County, Kentucky, and it was considered a greater environmental disaster than the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Napster and BMG Music announced a partnership that would change the website into a subscription based service offering legal downloads. So, uh, it was an illegal download site, wasn't it? Before? Napster. Yeah. I don't know. Like LimeWire. Yeah, I think Napster was part of that, and then yeah. I think that, and to try and get ahead of the curve or on top of it, they tried to make a, a, a legal. But I'm sure millions of people, not me, worked their way around it and used websites like LimeWire and Kazan. Meet the Parents was in the cinemas, and Black Coffee by All Saints was number one in the charts. So, As Told by Ginger, also known as As Told by Ginger Foutley, is an American animated comedy television series produced by Klasky Supo, who also did the Rugrats, Wild Thorbreeze, worked on the, the Simpsons as well for a little bit. Just took my first two lines, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, Rugrats and Wild Thorbreeze? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to get to those shows pretty soon, I reckon. So yeah, it's basically about a, high, a junior high school girl called Ginger Foutley, who, with her friends, they try to become more than just a social geek. And one of the things about this show, which was really, really incredible in terms of cartoons, was that they wore different clothes every day. They didn't wear the same clothes. You know, like with cartoons, you get them just wearing 
whatever. Yeah, and then like to answer, so in The Simpsons, they've done it where they open like Bart Simpson's cupboard and he's got loads of the same shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was only when I was doing the research and making the notes and then I saw that, oh, there's a bit where it says, oh, they wear different clothes every day. And so I just noticed it and you're like, oh my, they are wearing different clothes each episode, like in different I never, episodes. I never picked that up. I did. And it was, and and obviously another thing as well was like, uh, you get like character development. So they're yeah. not the same character. They're not doing the same or similar things. There's development. So they are genuinely, as the years go on, they're growing up. Which was again unprecedented for a cartoon because normally one cartoon character is who he is. If he's the Joker, he's always going to be the Joker. Yeah. If he's a serious one, he's always going to be the uh, the serious one. And obviously, they deal with like deeper themes. So, for example, Wicked Game, which I'll talk about in a bit, it talks about betrayal. So how Ginger and her two best mates betray her, and they try to get her to split up with her boyfriend Darren. In And She Was Gone, another episode I watched, everyone at the school thinks that Ginger is feeling suicidal because she writes a, a disturbing poem about a girl. So those were like some of the themes that they deal with. I think addiction was another one. Again, like growing up as a as a as a as a young as a young teenage girl. In terms of like award nominations and things like that, the show received three Emmy nominations for Hello Stranger lunatic lake and and she was gone all three were nominated in the outstanding animated program less than an hour category 36 it won best cartoon at nickelodeon netherlands kids choice awards in 2005 two episodes of as told by ginger were ranked in nickelodeon's 100 greatest moments in nicktoons history a special presented by nickelodeon in november 2007 the episodes Gym Class Confidential and Stealing First were ranked at 97 and 95, respectively. Uh, the writer and producer Emily Kapnick, in an interview with Vice, talked about how she created a cartoon that was grounded in the reality of preteens everywhere. So what she said was, and I quote, I think that Ginger as a character and possibly the show itself told girls that it was OK to express themselves. Ginger stood up for what she believed in, spoke up when she saw injustice. Ginger was pretty fierce for a cartoon character. And I wanted, and I very much wanted to do a dark comedy that focused on how traumatic middle school can be, particularly for girls. The social drama that your parents might dismiss as unimportant, that truly felt like life or death in the moment that you were going through them. I started thinking about why animation didn't tell any stories that felt more grounded and true to life so that was yeah really really good point by the the writer because like even well if we were counting middle school for us it would just be year seven year eight year nine yeah. those are like the informative years and those are the ones where you pretty much define who you are in 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 in, in high school in in our case in this country so i can get like it's it's not all sunshine and roses and happiness you know it's it's tough it's it's a struggle and yeah i think as told by ginger did brilliantly well to express those stories and as as uh the writer ayula solarin wrote in vice as told by ginger storylines were plucked straight from real life 
characters navigated parental divorce, negotiated the role of class and money in a small community, and even dealt with teen suicide. And Casey Reed, who is a co-creator of As Told by Ginger podcast, We're In Between. Uh, I think I want to try and get in contact with those guys one day. Please contact us. We'd love to have a chat with you guys from podcast to podcast. So what she said was, and I quote, middle school is a difficult time for everyone. And even in adult life, I think everyone feels isolated or lost at some point. As told by Ginger, help me connect with the feeling of fierce independence and not caring what other people think. It also advocates for loving the things you love without regret or hesitation. The other co-creator of We're In Between, Patricia, Patricia Miranda, says there's an underlying message of not cracking under pressure of doing or not doing things because it's not cool. Don't worry about what people say about you. Be yourself. That's what makes you cool. And that's that's what the thing that kids don't understand because because obviously in in the case of my school it was a case of kill or be killed <laughs> so it was like yeah. you have to act in a certain way otherwise you go and get gut yeah you you can't be yourself even though being yourself is probably like that's the best defense. For like dealing with whatever situations might arise in school, in in my case as a as a guy anyway. I mean, again, this would have been a good episode to have a female on here, but you know, <laughs> as as me coming up in school, it's yeah. You, I wish I was just myself truly, because if you're just yourself truly, then that's the best weapon defense against whatever might be whatever might be lurking out there i mean i don't know if it's the yeah. same with you no i think what what's weird is that obviously you there's so much pressure to conform to some sort of thing even like the individual people were doing the same things yeah do you know what i mean like the, you know in inverted commas individual people and one thing that's really weird is that you get there's so much pressure all the way through school. Yeah. And I think it's kind of common across the board where as soon as you're out of school and you're kind of doing your own thing and when you are yourself and you're bringing some really important things to... Because everyone has something important within themselves to bring to either a job or to something else within their life, right? And you don't have that at school because you're kind of... You're trying to just keep your head below the fray. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you only learn that when you leave school that being your self is the best thing that you can possibly bring to school and and no generation seems to get that you learn it too late like but the thing is it's not something you can pass along because i think like every parent says oh just be yourself um you know just do this do that and everything will be fine and your kids are like you don't even know you don't even know like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean and you then, have no idea and but then it kind of just on this perpetual cycle which i thought which i thought was quite kind of fascinating yeah and uh Entertainment Weekly, Nivea Soreo wrote an article as told by Ginger why the show still feels so real 10 years later. I'm proud of Ginger as a character. It's not really one specific thing, but to get to tell a show about a girl whose dad doesn't show up when she's expecting him to, whose appendix ruptures, who gets broken up with and has these dark poems 
I just felt like she was such a three-dimensional, two-dimensional character. And the opening theme, titled I'm In Between, which I absolutely loved. Such a good theme song. Best theme tune of the three, I think. I was, I was even say best theme tune of the lot. I think, I think top five of all the shows we've done. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, I, I really liked it. And uh, it was firstly recorded with vocals by Melissa Disney in character as Ginger. But that version was replaced before initial North American broadcast with another version performed by Cree Summer. And it would be used for half of the first season. And then there was a third version featuring vocals by R&B artist Macy Gray, which was used for the rest of the series run. For the benefit of producer Paul, Macy Gray was uh, an R&B singer, had a really, really big song called I Try. I think I've heard the name Macy Gray, but music, no, I don't know. Of course not, of course not. And uh, just before we go on to the, the show in general, just some of the characters. Obviously, you got Ginger Foutley, you got her younger brother, Carl, you got Lewis, who is the ner- who was a nurse and Ginger's mum. You got her boyfriend, who is Dr. Dave, and Jonas is her absent father. Ginger's best mate is Dodie, and she's like a, a chatterbox. And she's got a younger brother called Hoodsy, and he's best mates with Carl Foutley. And Macy's, Macy's another one of Ginger's friends. She's, uh, I think, mixed race, half Asian. Darren, who is considered to be adorable, and he was like her friend at first, and he used to have like these really big, chunky braces. Yeah. And once he took them off, he became really popular, and him and Ginger eventually started dating because they were like best mates from from time. And then you got the most popular girl at school, Courtney Grippling, and you got Blake Grippling, her younger brother. But I, he was like one of my favorite characters. He's like spoiled, devious, but he's still a gentleman. And he's got like this faux English accent. And then you got Miranda Kilgallen, who was best mates with Courtney. And uh, in terms of in terms of the show, let's yeah, let's 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 talk about it. So I, you I, what, Paul? You what? I accidentally watched um, a. I think it must have been quite an early. It felt like, like an. I'm not sure. You'll have to tell me when this kind of episode came. But I, I kind of watched a, a really long episode. But it didn't have all the characters you just mentioned in it. So, yeah. um, but I one thing I was surprised at is first. First of all, I just thought it was. Um, there's a couple of things. So first of all, I thought it was just. At first, I thought it was going to be like a, a lot of, meaningless storylines going on. Yeah. So the second thing I noticed was there was a lot of storylines going on all in one go. Yeah. Um there kind of was like every single so you had like Miranda and Courtney having their own kind of thing going on. Yeah. Uh Hoods and Carl. Carl were having a little thing going on and then Ginger and the girls and also Darren were having their thing as yeah. well. So it was it was there was kind of a lot of things going on. And then when you kind of watch it, you're thinking, actually, they're dealing with quite serious stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes, like, you get a cartoon and they just, like, you know, the, the moral of the story will be don't steal sweets off your mate. And that will be yeah. the kind of over... But this one was kind of going through, like, really strong social kind of problems 
Definitely. You know, and, and these characters were just dealing with these things as they were going along. I think... I don't think it was... I don't, you'll be able to probably tell me what the, the target demographic was, but this seemed to be like for, you know, like you said, like the year sevens, eight and nines, the people that are traversing a real big change in themselves. Yeah. Young you know, teens. Yeah. Young teens. It, this so was like the young teen show. Yeah, so it didn't kind of feel like it was like a, just a kid's show, like you know, as in like a... No. You know, you know, going up from like year primary school or whatever it was. But So this was kind of dealing with a lot more uh, adult... Yeah. Know, adolescent yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I like that this this cartoon actually respects the the viewers because it's like they're showing you the reality and they're showing not only the the social problems that people between the ages of i don't know let's say 12 to 15 go through every day it's like yeah they're developing their characters so they're not exactly the same as we were saying before no exactly. it's not they're not the same ginger was not the same person as she was in season one, as she was towards the end. And even with the little kids, like Carl and Hoodsie, they go up to junior high and Ginger and the and the rest are going to high school. Because I know in, in America it's divided, where here it's just year seven, 11, boom, high school, get on with it. And then you go to sixth form and uni. But here in America, it's like, yeah, it's all, it's all kind of broken up in that in that sense it's broken up from year seven to year nine i think is middle school and then year nine to year 11 is is high school yeah or year 10 to year 11 is 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 high school so in that in that respect they're they're, they're showing us that they're all developing and they're all coming into their own and they're showing us with with ginger in particular it's like it's interesting with courtney because courtney's the popular girl but she's still looks to ginger as a friend of hers like she sees something in ginger that she likes yeah because ginger is just she is who she is she's not really about conforming or or changing to a a certain way so courtney the one of the popular girls gravitates towards that yeah so like ginger might be hanging out with Dodie and um macy and hanging out with those two but still, she's got that link between Dodie and Macy and Courtney, which is like on the completely higher, higher spectrum of like of the social the social order in school, which I thought was really quite a, a cool, interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in terms of episodes. Let's uh, get through what we watched. Um, so I'm going to have to kind of blast through one because one, this the one, the first one that I watched, which was kind of an intro for me to to get in, involved in this thing, was uh, was a special, an hour long special about when they went to camp. Um, so I wrote down. Oh yeah, so the first thing I wrote down was about wild thornberries and rugrats. So I was like, I recognise this animation. I recognise <laughs> these, these drawings and I, um, and, and even cool. like some of the voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can I think tell, I'm like, sure like I recognised Angelica and maybe Tommy and there's Chucky because there's that that girl that swears the sun the glasses the same as Chucky, and I was convinced that that was the same voice actor. So just to quickly blast through this, and um, basically they're going to summer. Uh, okay, so one thing I've got explained before I go through my notes is because they're a bit kind of chaotic, because as I said, there's a lot going on. Yeah. There was like three or four storylines all interwoven into yeah. one episode. So that was kind of 
That's why my notes were going to be a little bit all over the place. <laughs> Just my little caveat. Um, so there's uh, the school's finished. Uh, yep. It was the last day of school when they kind of when you drop in on the episode, and they're basically going to summer camp, and um, all the girls are really excited. Courtney gets wind of what's going on, and she's like, "I want to go to a summer camp. I think I can do it." And Miranda's like, "Dude, you're never, um, you're never." Go- Miranda says to Courtney, "You're never going to be able to handle it." You're too like kind of prim and proper, um, <laughs> and they both they were both going to go on a cruise around the Virgin Islands. So they had a really like kind of high class summer coming up. Yeah. That being said, I wouldn't like to be on a cruise now. Um, <laughs> um, and anyway, so yeah, uh, Courtney kind of gets offended by Miranda's like assumption that she couldn't handle a camp. Yeah. So she decides to ditch her friend and say, "Right, I'm going to summer camp." Whilst that's happening, um, there's pets keep going missing from the neighbourhood, and um, Carl and Hoods. What's his actual name? I forgot what his actual name is. I'm not sure. I they did mention it in an episode I watched, but I can't it's remember. Hoods, yeah, yeah. So Hoods and Carl, they were trying to, they're trying to solve the mystery. They kind of get it in their heads that they can sort this thing out, and so they tried to convince their mum that or both their mums, that they can stay home for the summer instead of going off to camp because they were due to go as well. Um, and they, but the mum said, look, you have to do, if you're going to stay at home, you have to do something. So they decided to make their own cleaning company and, you know, go around the neighbourhood and try and try and get some things. Uh, meanwhile, they all go to camp. Um, turns out that Miranda gets sent to a military camp because her dad runs the military camp. He's a police officer, isn't he? Yeah, so he runs a military camp whilst... And Miranda has to go to that because she's no longer going on the cruise. Um, the, everyone likes the, the camp. Ginger takes a shine to this boy called Sasha. And then Courtney starts to kind of spread this rumour that she's uh, going out with someone back home. And then Sasha gets a bit annoyed about it. They all kind of sort out in the end. Uh, then it cuts back to the boys. And they they start cleaning for their principal. And they... They can't see a dog anywhere in the house, but they come across like dog toys <laughs> and like dog treats and things like that. And they they start to convince themselves that he's a dog napper. So they kind of come spy on him to find because oh, they notice that the only locked door in the whole house is the basement door. So they kind of spy on him, find out where he keeps the key. Um, so they find out where the key is to the basement and they take that key to um, they, so they kind of break into his house when he's not there. And they go down to the basement. Sure enough, there's a dog there. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh my god, he's been the one. He's been the one that's stealing all the dogs and stuff." Uh, and they say, "What happened to the other dogs then?" And they look into. There's a fire there. They're kind of like a. Do you know, <laughs> do you know Home Alone? Yeah. Um, there's like that 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 fire. Th- I don't know what it is in America, but it's, it kind of glows and it shuts and stuff. I can't really explain it. It's like a furnace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. Anyway, so there's one in there. Uh, and then anyway, so what they do is that they, they decide to, to set a trap and they set a trap and they wait for the principal to come home and they're going to catch him uh, and then they're going to call the police and the police are going to come deal with everything. Anyway, so when he comes back, the he springs the trap and they've managed to like make this great trap to kind of catch him and the police come and say like what's going on and it turns out that the dog's actually belongs to the principal he's put the dog in the basement so that the um 
he's got a date and when he brings a date home she's allergic to dogs and he doesn't want to <laughs> to get her involved but then she kind of sneaks out the door and says oh they're on to me and then runs off um then it cuts back to the uh to the camp so back to the camp um Miranda um Miranda and Darren who's also in the military camp he got sent to the military camp um uh, they decide to go to the um to the to the girls camp because um Courtney's not having a great time she gets she's have she's really struggling with the camp uh and then uh yeah so Courtney's been the one that's spreading the rumor about the the boyfriend thing um Ginger speaks to Sasha and, and sorts all that mess out yeah um and kind of rushing through it but it's so kind of chaotic it's trying to figure out what actually went on um and then basically the um the girls um they go to the camp and the one that's got the key, there's a kind of goody two shoes one i can't remember what her name is and basically she either dodie or macy i couldn't tell you which one's which to be honest um she gets given by the by the camp leaders uh, a master key and she's like the most responsible one there and then meanwhile the who's the girl that's like who's chucky macy okay so yes it's yeah, not macy it's the other one so macy decides that she's been scared of the lake this whole time the whole time every time she's been to the been to the camp she's scared of the lake so she decides one night that she's going to go swimming in the lake and when she goes in the lake, she hears a voice and she thinks it's a ghost, you know, where they all tell ghost stories and things. Um, and the girl in the lake happens to be Miranda trying to swim across the lake and she's got cramps, so she goes to rescue her. Then the goody two-shoes one decides that she's got to rescue them both. And to do that, she's got to take the speedboat, which belongs to, obviously, the camp. They're not allowed to use it without permission, but she's got the master key, so she kind of breaks the rules and and goes and gets them both. And then they all kind of, they all go back to the camp, including Darren, who's a boy, and obviously this is a girls' yeah. camp. Um, and they all think that oh, it's, it's all good. They just kind of spend the night there and chill out. Um, and in the morning, they kind of do this chant thing, and it's kind of every morning of the camp they do a chant, except for something serious happened, and then they don't do it. And this morning, they 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 don't do it, and they all got reprimanded for yeah. 14 infractions I think they were they'd done like sneaking out going in the lake without permission <laughs> um stealing the the boat having a boy in and everything like that so and then they kind of do this speech about we did it because we had good reasons to do what we did sort of thing we know we know it wasn't a good thing to do but we had good reasons for doing it and and that's about camp spirit and they kind of do this thing this was a little bit like um you know kind of like a corny yeah really corny um, i like corny no i mean it was okay but i mean it was it was a bit much to be fair um <laughs> and then kind of courtney joined in with them was like oh i'm really happy as well but even though it's a bit late seeing a happy happy yeah. happy 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 song um yeah and that's when that was an hour's episode by the way so that was quite long there's a lot of character development within the within the hour like it was a lot more deep than i'm kind of making it i kind of had to rush through um then I went on to another episode, and I didn't write down the storyline, but the basic storyline was <laughs> that the kids were told that they're going to have to do sex education. Right. You know, the kind of like uh, your body's changing kind of thing, right? Okay. Um, and uh, I think we all went through this at some point in school. We all kind of knew what to expect. and um, 
uh, and then uh, so that was the girls and the the boys were doing this kind of I'm not never washing again kind of storyline um, <laughs> and it dealt with it dealt with um, Hoods not wanting to get undressed in the showers at school now I'm not sure about you but I never showered at school uh, like we didn't I think maybe after swimming. After, yeah, I was gonna say after swimming, but it would, but it would just be one of those quick. Yeah, like that's it, and then just come back out again, but not like full blown. No, no way. No, that's the thing. Like, I don't. It seems to be more of a thing in like U.S. schools, maybe. Like, not a chance. And I, I remember, like, I'd still be stinking of chlorine. I'd be like, you know, I'm just gonna do it at home. Like, yeah, yeah. But even after, like, you get muddy in rugby. You wash your hands and your face, and you put your clothes back on. <laughs> yeah, like, like you didn't. Um, yeah, we never actually had a shower. That was weird. That would have been weird. No. Yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, nope. Um. So. Not a chance. So this was like an like an episode where um, I thought it was quite a deep episode. So it kind of had the thing where, like, during this when the sex education bill that happened at school. Yeah. There seemed to be like some sort of kind of anticipation about it in the playground, right? I'm not sure if you had this. <laughs> and, and, there, and it kind of dealt with that, really. I know this is from the girls' perspective. And so, I mean, you know, the, uh, they, they're kind of like everyone's saying like the, the kind of... what the, uh, Macy's getting quite scared of what's actually going on. So she's getting quite apprehensive of seeing and hearing some things that she doesn't want to see. And some kids are teasing her about it. Some kids are trying to encourage her about it. Um, and then, so it's kind of a, a bit of a thing. And then Hoods doesn't want to get undressed in the shower because he's embarrassed about, well, he doesn't want to get undressed. Yeah. Um, and they, they kind of they kind of do a really good thing, which I don't think would necessarily be the case right like right now. And, and, I, and I really applauded the, the, uh, the, the TV show for doing it. And it said like, when 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 Hood spoke to his mum about the situation, she says, "Listen, if anyone tells you to take your clothes off at school, like you know, even to have a shower or whatever, and you don't want to, you don't have to. Like straight yeah, up, straight yeah, up. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't if you don't want to, don't do it. That's that's your choice. And it's and then she's kind of pushing him, not pushing him, but she's kind of encouraging the fact that he's modest, and saying, look, it's okay to be modest. You don't have to be anything else. And if you don't feel like any comfortable, yeah, and." I think, like, generally in society, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Because I remember, like, even when we used to, like, get changed, we'd either, like, get changed in the toilets to put our trunks on yeah, and then just come back out again or just have wear a, t- a towel, towel yeah. and then just do the over-under and... Yeah, no, exactly. And then yeah. there'd always be someone trying to... Wait, you drop your towel and... Not in our so school. It was, like... Not not, not in our school. It's like, yeah, yeah, look, why are you going to be doing that sort of thing? Uh, there was always one in our change rooms, I'm telling you. Um, oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then on to the girls. They had this, so they're basically doing a, like a video. You're going to change. You're going to grow things here. You're going to have more hair. You're going to smell more. You're going to do this. Um, and at the end of it, there's like kind of, Actually, your body's preparing you to have a baby, kind of. This is obviously on the woman's side of it. Yeah, like your body's preparing itself that to be a woman, and and this, and then um, Macy doesn't like it, so she kind of runs out and she gets a bit scared. <laughs> um, and, but the people that were teasing her, it was Courtney and Miranda, were teasing her. Courtney threw up on Miranda's shoes. Wow! She found the whole thing really disgusting and quite like disturbing. So um, it kind of was a really 
it was delivered in a, such a good entertaining way but it was really dealing with the fact that this thing kind of the the sex education bit of school i think is a very kind of like a and and the changes that you go through is very difficult to traverse it's difficult to have the talk with someone yeah, it's yeah. difficult to you know it's difficult for your parents to talk to you about it it's difficult for you to go through it it's difficult when you know there's always the one guy at school that pretends he's the most developed person in in the playground and you feel like you're not developed and the, you know that whole yeah, bit is kind yeah. of really difficult time to time in a in a teenager's life i think and th- and they were dealing with that with that time and 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 learning about everything else and i thought they would they would they they did it really really well and uh that was it for the episodes because i watched an hours one and then that one yeah you, you you barely scratched the surface of this show even though that was quite a, a deep episode yeah i watched a ton of episodes so yeah i watched the pilot ginger the juvie or this was the the first aired episode i think they did have an unaired pilot i think all three shows had an unaired pilot but season one episode one was ginger the juvie so courtney's having a surprise birthday party but she knows about it but and she wants to invite ginger and miranda's like why are you gonna invite ginger she's a geek she's like i don't know there's something about this girl i i, I like her I'm, I'm i'm gonna invite her and so Miranda tells her that if you steal the enter sign from the bank, that will be the, the perfect gift. So they're all, so Ginger, Dodie, Macy and Darren, they're all agreed to do it. But Miranda is basically setting her up as she calls her father, Officer Kilgallen, and reports the theft. And so he's basically going to her and Miranda's like, I'm not Miranda, but... um. Ginger is like, oh my God, am I going to get arrested? Am I going to get arrested? What's going to happen to me? And all this stuff. And he's like, oh, you're not going to get arrested. The most you'll be, you'll be grounded and whatnot. And so he drives past Courtney's house with Ginger in the police car. Everyone's all looking out. And it looks as if people are looking out thinking, oh, this is so cool. Ginger's driving off in the police car because she got arrested. And... Basically, Blake wants to be friends with Carl and Hoodsy, but they but Carl and Hoodsy think he's weird and whatnot, and so Blake decides to steal Carl's most prized possession, which was like a petrified eyeball, and he's basically trying to get in with them, and he wants to be friends with Carl, but maybe not Hoodsy so much. So yeah, that was a a good. A good episode and a good way to to step into to everything episode six dare i darren and so miranda thinks that ginger is after her man and so she's start to tell ginger oh hey maybe darren likes you you know he maybe he sees you as more than just a friend and ginger's looking at it and thinking hmm, i don't know is he more than just a friend? Is he more? And so she starts to see him as more than a friend. But then I think Darren has a word with her and he's like to her, look, we're just, we're just mates. We've always been mates. We've been mates since we were kids. We're, we're always going to be mates. Why do you want to rock the boat? And that whole idea of you can't really date your mate 
otherwise it's going to be really awkward and weird and i think that's one of the things in our in our society isn't it like you don't if you're mates with a girl or vice versa then you're not gonna want to date them because they are mates and it's weird but it's it's yeah like i've got like girl mates and none of them i don't see them in a different ways it's like you're my mate like yeah i can't see you in any other light other than you you know i like you but yeah as 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 a mate like you're one of the lads as far as i'm concerned that's how i i think that's how it is in our society whereas i think maybe in some other places it would be oh if you're friends with someone for a long long time and then you might develop some feelings and then which yeah. I think is what happens with Ginger and Darren. They actually do end up dating. As it's like Monica uh, and Chandler as well. As well. Uh, and fr- and what's her name? Rachel and Ross. Well, I don't know. Ross and Rachel were never friends. Like Monica and Chandler were friends. They were all mates. So they yeah, were but, mates. But then Ross and Rachel were like friends and then they, and then they were lovers and then they were friends They were on again, and off and, and... I was on a break! <laughs> Anyways... And uh, what else happened in this episode? Uh, Blake has his uh, tonsils removed. Oh, and because uh, Carl and Hoodsy want to borrow a toy that Blake has. And so they're like, oh, they, let's just let's just take... Because they uh, went to his house to give homework. And they see like the, the parcel of this like toy aeroplane. And Carl is like, oh, we should play with it. We should play with it. And Hoodsy's like, we can't play with it. And he's like, do you remember the un- like the written rule that you can't play with a kid's toy before the kid plays with it? So he has to play with it first and then we can. And Carl's like, who made up this horrible rule? And it's like, you did. <laughs> you made up this rule. Like, you can't, you can't do this. Like, you, you have to... You have to ask his permission. And so they're like, fine, we'll ask his permission. And so they're going to the hospital or whatever. And they're like, oh, Blake, buddy, are you okay? Are you okay? And with just about the little muster of strength, he's like, no, you cannot play with this toy. I do not give you permission. <laughs> it just, and I was just like, yeah, Blake, I he's like my favorite character in, in this show. I just loved how faux English he was. He is like a, a dastardly human being but he's still a, a gentleman at heart but he was like yeah you lot can't play with my toy like no chance so going on to season two now and these are yeah, the two really big episodes that stand out and she was gone and so this was ginger writing a poem about a girl who wants to disappear and this is for a, a competition and uh, Ms. Zorsky, her teacher, reads it and she's thinking, oh, this poem, this thing that you wrote, are you suicidally depressed? And so she has to go and see the school psychologist. Obviously, Ginger's like, what's what's going on? What's, what's, what's all this? And she doesn't think there's anything wrong because it's her poem and whatnot. She goes, oh, it's just about a girl who wants to disappear. And they're like, is this poem more about you and how you feel? And she's like, no, it's just a poem. Like, it's not that deep. It's yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not writing about someone who wants to kill herself. I'm not really doing that. That's not what the, uh, the poem is. The poem is about. It's just genuinely about a girl who wants to disappear. 
And so Carl has this uh, vanishing powder and he's trying to use it on a, a, a girl in the class called Noelle Sussman. And he just thinks she's a, a nobody. And then when Noelle disappears, because I think he transfers to another school, like Carl deeply regrets it. And he ends up really, really liking her. And he goes to the school where she's been transferred to. And then she's just really weird. And I remember the, the thing she said was, oh. If I talk like this, this is how I would sign if I was underwater. And she's just putting a voice on. And Carl is like, she's perfect. She's amazing. <laughs> and I think they end up going out with each other. And uh, the other episode from season two was No Hope for Courtney. So there's a girl who comes to the school, Hope Rogers. She's initially like a common geek, but Ginger helps her find her confidence to be strong in who she is. But it kind of backfires because this confidence causes this girl to change her look. And she becomes the most popular girl taking over Courtney. And all of Courtney's group turn on her and they all go off with Hope. And... She just basically becomes really mean. She becomes really, like, horrible and, and what have you. And then they all go to a party, I think, that Courtney was organising. And then Courtney and Hope realise that, oh, we've got a lot in common with each other. And so they become friends. And this was a, a, a side note of this uh, of this episode, which was actually really, really significant. So um, there's a teacher, Miss Gordon... She retires because Carl's practical jokes really, really upset her. And Carl, you know, he gets really upset. And he's like telling her, look, please come back. I miss you. You're like, you're like a really good teacher. Like we, we bounce off each other really, really well. And so while she was having a retirement party, he basically comes and he tells her this whole speech. Look, he goes, I'm not going to mess around anymore look please come back please come back and then she, he just goes off with like her with a smile on the face and then the next day of school one of the teachers comes up and goes sadly miss gordon passed away and there's going to be a memorial service and that's how the episode just kind of ends in that in that note and then we find out that the episode was dedicated to kathleen freeman who was the voice of mrs gordon who actually died of cancer at the age of 82. So season three. So Wicked Game. So this was where Ginger comes back from Avalanche Arts Academy. And when she comes back, Dodie and Macy are getting really excited. because like, Oh, we're going to see our best mate again. We're, we're so happy. We're so excited. But she's all loved up with Darren. And so they're just walking down and they don't see like Dodie and Macy. And then I think in the canteen, Ginger's just like, hey, y'all, what's happening? And they're like, we tried to see you in the in the lockers, but you, you were too busy with Darren. And so uh, the devil makes work for idle thumbs and whatnot. And so Miranda catches wind of how they're all upset. And she doesn't like how Ginger's come back from this place and she's all of a sudden really popular and everyone likes her. So Miranda teams up with Macy and Dodie and they're going to do everything in their power to split Ginger and Darren up. 
So they're like making up all this stuff where Ginger's talking to another guy. They they pretend to be that guy and leave a voice message in Ginger's phone. But Courtney sees what Miranda, Dodie and Macy are up to. And so she tells Ginger and she basically puts Ginger on a call. She's like, look, just, you know, keep quiet and be on the call. So she can actually hear her and Darren can hear uh Dodie, Macy and Miranda all conspiring against her. And she's just like How could you guys do this to me? Like I thought you guys are my mates. And then Dodie and Macy feel horrible because they're like, Oh, what have we done to our best mate? And the other side point to the story was that Noel loses Carl to Polly Schuster in a bet. And so for an entire weekend, Carl has to play Parrot World with Polly because she loves Parrot. And Blake takes a picture of Carl enjoying the game and he plans to use them for blackmail. I think there was more to this episode, but I didn't get around to watching that. Another episode, Stuff Will Kill Ya. So basically Ginger is having a really busy high school schedule. And so she ends up becoming addicted to a caffeine drink called the Moco Loco Frothinator to keep her awake so she ends up becoming extremely hyper but she crashes and burns and she's basically moving like a fiend and a, uh, an addict and so yeah this is like her trying to work out from it her mum stops her she's like look stop drinking this coffee you need to stop with this nonsense like you have to you have to give it up otherwise it's going to affect you growing up so she learns the important lesson about addiction and things like that the side story here is that carl thinks that he's inhaled something deadly because one of the teachers wants to make him realize that your disregard of the rules may one day have consequences and so it's only a fake story because the teacher wanted to make it as a payback for his daughter's misfortune and so he's thinking oh i'm gonna die so he's all being like live life to the fullest guys i don't want to fight with you and he's all like to hoodsie let's not argue let's let let me enjoy this last few days of 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 me being who i am and 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 what have you and the last episode i watched was a lesson in tightropes so darren apparently darren and ginger are having problems with their relationship he's starting to have feelings for another girl called simone because darren i think he's in the the football team and simone was a cheerleader and so he's he's like look ginger we haven't been happy for a while i think we need to break up i don't want and she's like look don't break up with me i can change i can change all of, all of the usual tropes but he's like look i don't want you to change you're as good as you are now you don't like football you never liked football you don't really like what i do it's easier with simone and she's absolutely devastated absolutely heartbroken and she's like there's something in the pit of my stomach that feels like it's exploded and it hurts so much and the pain is real and all that pain turns out that she had a burst appendix 
burst appendix so appendicitis and she's rushed to the hospital and she has an emergency appendectomy performed by her future stepfather dr dave which ends up saving her life she ends up losing loads and loads of blood she's like on the brink of death and yeah so she's recovering in hospital a lot of people come to visit her including her father jonas and there's a bit where jonas i think he's in the in the hospital room with jonas lewis and ginger they're all talking and what have you and carl he doesn't really like jonas because he obviously doesn't like the way he left and obviously dr dave is like look why don't you uh, go inside and go see your sister go see your mom and dad you know i'm way out here and carl's like actually you know what no i'm gonna stay with you because he's like you you saved my sister's life you're the one that's here now and you're the one that's going to be here tomorrow not my deadbeat dad and he's just like there's just a really sweet moment because you know what i'm just going to kick back here with you if it's all the same and i thought that was such a a touching lovely moment and yeah they're all like look we're really grateful that you saved our daughter's life and and basically orion who is part of a, a group he's he miranda's in in a band apparently so again i haven't really watched this or followed the storyline miranda's in not miranda why do you say miranda ginger is in a band and one of the bandmates says you know what i think i really like you and i'm really really happy that you're okay and when ginger wakes up she's upset that darren hasn't come to visit or hasn't said anything and so she, darren writes a letter and he's basically saying look i didn't know if i should come and visit i didn't know how you would feel i didn't know how how you would react to me and he's just like if there's anything he's, he basically you think he left the letter in suspense but the nurse is like if you think about it he hasn't really left you in suspense like you kind of know what he's saying and i think for me that was a really good place to to bring it to an end I know I think the finale was the wedding of Dr. Dave and Lewis. But the way I think I ended it was actually pretty was actually pretty cute and pretty uh, a nice way to end it. And yeah, this is this was a brilliant, brilliant cartoon. And I almost feel gutted that I slept on it as a kid. Because I'd yeah. heard of As Told by Ginger. But I didn't pay it no mind as a kid. I don't. I don't think I remember it being broadcast anywhere. Like I don't remember. I think CITV used to show it. I definitely did not watch it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it either. I, like I said, this was, this was a cartoon that I very, very much slept on. I think we all, pretty much slept on, to be honest. And yeah, this this is, this was magnificent. I can't. I can't say enough good things about this show. I think one thing that. I think I said it earlier, but one thing that was really good is that every single character had their their bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like there was, you know, it's Ginger and her gang. It was like every character had something to give to the storyline. Yeah. And, and they had their own thing going on, which I, yeah. thought was, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It was, this was superb. Absolutely superb. And this is probably, yeah, I think, I think this is classically supposed is it better than the Rugrats? 
I don't know. I think it. I think it might be up there now with Rugrats for me. It's certainly not as iconic as Rugrats. Like, like Rugrats is elite, elite. And it's got. And I think As Told by Ginger is elite. I'd have to watch episodes of the Rugrats. I think Rugrats might be just one level above. I think Rugrats is kind of. I don't know because they deal with death and everything in Rugrats. Royalty. Rugrats is cartoon royalty. Yeah. Man, can't wait to talk about the Rugrats when we do. But yeah, let's uh, let's go on now to uh, to Braceface, and we're going back to June two thousand and one. So some of the things happening: Tony Blair wins another landslide victory in the general election. Mexican artist Frida Kahlo is the first Hispanic woman to be honoured on a U.S. postage stamp. Bratz, rival to the Barbie doll, debuts and ends up being really popular. Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, is in the cinemas. And Lady Marmalade by Christina Aguilera, Maya, Pink and Lil' Kim was number one in the charts. It's a monster collaboration, that is. That's why you're making these up now. Marmalade. Lady Marmalade. You've never heard that song? Yeah, but I didn't know that was um, Marmalade at the end. Yeah, Real Lady Marmalade. It's a... I think it was like a LaBelle's That classic. sounds like one of those like um, wrong lyric things. Yeah, I mean, I, I know of the song. I'm well, not a fan. Of course you know of the song. But yeah, it was the the, the, the classic LaBelle, the LaBelle sisters st- featuring Patti LaBelle and what have you. Yeah. So now we go on to Braceface, which was a Canadian-American animated television series produced by Nelvana and Jade Animation. Set in Elkford, British Columbia, and it reca- recounts the travails of Sharon Spitz, who is a junior high school student with braces that get in the way of leading a normal teenage life. And her braces are somehow electrically charged at all times, giving her strange abilities such as remotely operating machinery, tapping into wireless communication channels, and even discharging electricity directly into what's in front of her. Though much of these abilities are often outside of her control. And yeah, so it obviously it was another cartoon that nicely progresses her starting at junior high and then going on to high school. And uh, yeah, one one really good article that I came across was Crystal Bell and MTV saying that it was basically 11 times you felt mortified for Sharon Spitz on Braceface. And honestly, getting braces isn't the end of the world. So what she said was, Sharon Esther Spitz was my hero. As a 17-year-old with braces, I felt like no one knew the true extent of my humiliation better than Braceface herself. I not only learned to love my metal mouth, but also learned to love myself. And some of the characters you've got, yeah, like I said, Sharon Spitz. No relation to... uh, Mark Spitz, who was like a, for the benefit of producer Paul and listeners under the age of 40, Mark Spitz was a famous swimmer, won a bunch of gold medals in the Olympics. He was basically the Michael Phelps of the 70s. So yeah, there you go. That's a brief explanation of who Mark Spitz was. But yeah, you got Sharon Spitz. I think Adam was her younger or older brother and Helen was uh, the mum. Maria 
was her Maria and Connor were her two best mates. Alden Jones, I think he was the uh the love interest. Nina Harper was the frenemy. Brock was one of her mates and you had Allison and Hannah who made part of the group. So uh Braceface, what did you uh what did you think of this? Um one thing I noticed in, in the pilot and I know we'll talk about episodes later. The intro is basically the pilot cut up in with a soundtrack. Did you notice that? So Nin- minute. So like ninety nine percent of the shots that are used in the uh in the in the intro were from the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> um I think it was um obviously braces is like a I never had braces, but my sister did. I did. But you know the thing about braces and it wasn't such a, a social thing because literally everybody in our school pretty much had braces yeah 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 so you couldn't really make fun of anybody because like i said in my class i would say about 75 percent of us wore braces yeah i mean the thing is it's just like well yeah i'm gonna have this but i'm gonna have nice teeth for the rest of my life yeah i mean you don't think of it at the time no i mean i think in our school it's, one it's of those... more of like an impracticality where the people with braces had to cut up their apples with a knife or like would spend like five years trying to always disappear with a toothbrush at the end of lunchtime. No, you'd be fine because um, it was only like the braces only became a an irritant when they used to be tightened every month. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. I never had, like I said, I never had that, but I do know of like. And you can't eat because it the pain is just ridiculous. When like you're pulling I just, your teeth out like, with the wrong you way. Just, Oh, it 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 was it was like those months where you had to like wait for um or the tightening like just for that whole week you just wouldn't be able to like eat uh. solid foods and and whatnot. But like I said, it wasn't it wasn't such a big social because ah, everybody wore brace like pretty much everybody in my school wore braces. Yeah, I mean, as a cartoon, I thought brace face was quite unremarkable. Even this time round, it was unremarkable, but I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of it either, and I didn't have much expectation going into it. But in that sense, I thought it was a lot better than I thought. Yeah, it would I mean, be. don't get me wrong; it wasn't bad. There was nothing really bad about it, but it was just like, yeah, yeah, it was a cartoon, and and it was great. I thought, it, like contrast to, um, as told by Ginger, it was kind of all about. Um, Sharon with did I say uh, Sophie in when I kept talking about it I don't know I didn't didn't flag I, th- I don't know I probably said Sophie if I did say Sophie and it's still no, there you said then, Sh- I'm sure you said Sharon then I th- it's because I can't be bothered to deal with it in post I'm just gonna leave Sophie and just <laughs> apologize now if I said Sophie and not Sharon um but I thought Sharon was the character the, the show was about Sharon right and everything else kind of was revolving around that story about Sharon. Yeah. It wasn't like in As Told by Ginger where it had Ginger in it, but she was also in a world with other people that were doing their own thing as well. I didn't think, I didn't feel like this, this had that. Yeah. Like, um, I thought most of it was about this Sharon and everything else was kind of supporting her in that act. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I don't really know what else to say about it. To be honest, it was a it was a it was a good cartoon. It was it had strong characters in it, but it was like uh, there wasn't much else to say. 
<laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. Do you know? Do you know what was crazy? Right. I think I'll probably give away who I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose as told by Ginger every day of the week, twice on Sundays. But initially, when I watched the two pilots, yeah, I was leaning more towards Braceface because I really liked the pilot. So how do you watch it then? Do you watch one episode of, of each thing and then go yeah. to that? And then because I watch like kind of a block of each show. No, I don't do that. I break it up. Oh, uh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> but no i i really like the pilot of brace you watched the pilot right uh is that the one where she yeah when she gets braces right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah of course. i think we can just go on to episodes now because i don't think there's much we can <laughs> much else to say but i do i do think it does deal with stuff i think so but it's just stuff. not it's just not yeah it's just not as deep yeah 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 it's not like how it was with that store by ginger but yeah let's if you go on to talk about the uh the pilot it's called Brace Yourself. And yeah, she's basically about to go out with uh, Alden. Alden. And it all seems that everything's going to work out great and it's all going to be great. And then she has to wear braces. And then basically she finds out that her braces have strange electromagnetic powers and that she can listen to people's conversations and she can listen to what people are saying about her or anything that might concern her and the other thing i liked about this was uh the friend connor and he's basically learning how to dance oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's doing all these dance moves and it's it just the way he was in this episode was just so funny like i genuinely was like oh go on lad you're 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 doing all right like it was it was just really nice to to see that he ends up winning King of the Disco as well. There you go, yeah. I love that he's wearing all the clothes, like he's John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. and Yeah. Yeah, so where did we get to? So we've done the episode, right? Pretty much. I think pretty much. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the ones that you watched? Yeah, so yeah. So just to wrap that up, Sharon ends up zapping um, Nina with the with the braces. She's like kind of Emperor Palpatine's at the end with the disco ball. <laughs> yeah. Um I kind of so I watched one episode, but I kind of got a, the the gist of what happened in another one as well because I'm pretty sure there was one called When in Rome. Yeah. So I watched When in Elkford, <laughs> um, which is like I think it's the next episode. Yeah. Or the ne- later on down the line, but it's it throws back to um, Elkford. And what I ascertained from that is that she met a guy on holiday, and and then and he ends up coming to America. So. It, Canada, Canada, so it's still North America. Well, it's Canada, British yeah. Columbia. Well, North America. I did, I did, I did say in the intro it was set in North America, and he just said the name of the place, Elkford, whatever it's called. Elkford, yeah. I mean, Elkford sounds like it's from England. To be fair, <laughs> I could definitely see an Elkford like uh, in Surrey <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so she's going to Elkford. So the the guy ends up coming to Elkford, right? So, and she gets quite excited. Um, her brother uh, ends up making a business where if if you don't want to do something, they'll do it for you. For example, if I wanted to tell someone that they should shower more often, I tell this guy, he goes and tells them anonymously so that, you know, you don't have to do it. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy 
this Italian guy is called Marcello, and he comes to El Elford, and the brother's kind of teasing her, and Sharon's embarrassed about. Um, she gets embarrassed about the whole thing, and um, but moreover than that, when when he comes, she's like, "Oh, great, he's here," and she's kind of like besotted for a little while, and then, and then he ends up. She ends up kind of noticing things that she doesn't like about this guy. Like he wears like his like kind of what we'd call a man bag, <laughs> um, and she doesn't like the fact that he wears it. Um, so she kind of like she her infatuation with him kind of just kind of fizzles out, and she's not really that fussed. And obviously, she doesn't want to 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 call it off with this guy, so she asked her brother to do it via his company. That's like does the deeds, and she says, "Oh yeah, he always wears this bag." <laughs> so and then at the time they're they're in the gym and playing basketball or something, and. Nina and Brock are no, that's not true. Brock and what was who? Brock's going out with someone, the the Asian girl with is it a Maria. Yeah. So okay, so I'll go back. I just made it up. Is it Maria? Is, no, it's, 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 no, I literally wrote Maria down. Yeah, Maria Wong. Brock and Maria also going out at this time, and um, and 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 Brock holds this bag. So this is the guy who's got the remit of give this letter that I'm breaking up with you to the guy with the bag, right? So he ends up giving it to Brock, and Brock reads it thinking Maria's broken up with him. And then, um, so he gets told by, um, I think it's Marcello that's with him, says, pretend you haven't got it, go and tell her that she's dumped instead. Yeah. Basically, you know, um, such is the relationships in school. No, I tell you, it's over, it's over. No custody of the kids or anything like that. Um, so, and it turns out that, you know, they kind of realise what's happened and they all live happily ever after, really, to be fair. Um, and then right at the end, Marcello ends up going out with Nina, the, the bully, and, um, and Sharon doesn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, then I went on to, which I think was the finale. I watched the finale too. Couldn't be sure. Is it called Leap of Faith? Yep. Yeah, so what went on to the, you'll have to tell the story because you you tell the story way better than I ever tell the story. But um, there's one bit I want to mention. Uh, basically, they go to camp, and uh, Sharon likes this kind of camp assistant guy called Alex, and yeah. he, he's 18. I think she's 14 in the story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Alden, they, they've been out before, which I ascertained. Like Alden and Sharon have been out before in the previous episodes or whatever and but they're not going out right now and Alden decides he likes Sharon again so yeah. he starts doing things for Sharon but Sharon dis- Sharon's fancies this other guy called Alex so she thinks that Alex is doing all these sweet surprises and yeah. things like that so um, and, and and then but he's not he, d- he doesn't have a clue he thinks she's a nice little girl but she's four years younger than him um, and so then Alden ends up telling Sharon, like, actually, that it was me. Because she thinks she's going to meet Alex and she's going to tell Alex everything so she likes him. But to save her from the embarrassment, Alden tells her that, actually, this was me. I like you, this and that and the other. Um, which one thing I thought was quite strange is that he basically pushes her off a cliff um, when when he tells her he loves her or whatever. Yeah. She falls into the sea. Um, <laughs> then he kind of saves her. And throughout the throughout the episode, they're kind of doing this whole thing that Brooke's got a middle name, and it's 
you know, his embarrassing name. And turns out his middle name is Shelby. I think it said Shelby. Something like that, yeah. And it's not... How is that an embarrassing name? Like, you've got Tommy Shelby. <laughs> right? You've got the... By order of the Peaky Blinders. Yeah, and then you've got the Shelby GT, which is like a Mustang car, right? I don't know. I mean, you're not... That's not an embarrassing name, man, being named after a fast car. <laughs> or a gangster from Birmingham. Well, they well, they weren't to know, were they? Shoot. If only they'd waited. Um, Yeah, that's the three episodes I watched. I watched The Pilot, One in Alkford, and Leap of Faith. And I'm sure you're going to go through some much more interesting episodes than I did. I don't know. We'll 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 find out. Um. So I watched an episode called the divorce thing. So basically, Sharon is learning that her mum is starting to date uh, a new guy, and this new guy, he's he's like he seems like a really nice guy. Like he gets on with all of the the kids. So she's got a younger brother and an older brother, and they all seem to like him. And he bakes these incredibly, like, delicious muffins or brownies or whatever. And Sharon's all like, I don't care. Like, he's he's not as cool as my dad. My dad's a rock star. My dad's this and that. And so her her father comes down to visit because I think he's doing a show in town and whatnot. And it turns out that he gets on with the the new guy around and whatnot. And Sharon's all like, "What's, what's, what's going on? What's going on? But... Her mom was like, look, you know, me and your dad, we're, we're never, ever, ever getting back together. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. But, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so that's the, the premise of of that whole thing. And um, she's like, look, your dad loves you. I love you. And we're not getting back together. And the dad's like, look, I can't really stay for that long anyway because... Um, I've got to go do my thing. I've got to go and travel the country and make some uh, money. And so he basically leaves again. And yeah, that was that episode. Season two, episode seven, the coolest. So she enters TV3's coolest teen contest as a joke. But she... She realizes, oh, have I won? Have I won? And they're like, uh, no, you haven't won. You have to enter a video about one day in your life. And if you want to win the grand prize. And so she's going to school. And basically her friend Maria was like, you have to be completely different. You can't be yourself. You have to be like the Joker. You have to be, you have to be a clown and, 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 and what have you. And so, yeah, she's just basically acting the fool. And she's just basically not being herself. And Connor was like, "Look, you just, just be yourself. Don't, don't act up. Don't be someone you're not. You know, be be honest with yourself." And then they actually end up making a a video out of the nonsense that they made all together. So like all the weird and funny outtakes. So they kind of make that into a video and. I think she wins. I think she ends up winning the competition because I think the studio audience of this show decide that her video was the best. And episode 26, Up in Smoke. I'm guessing this was the season two finale. And 
so Sharon wants a, a change in routine. So she moves in with her father and his new girlfriend. But this new girlfriend has a juvenile delinquent son called Griffin. And he could be a potential stepbrother. And he's just basically a wrong one. And they're all worried about how this is going to be, uh, how how he's going to have a bad influence on uh, on Sharon. And so he's smoking a cigarette. And so he's like to Sharon, why don't you try one? And Sharon's like, oh, I don't want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. And he's like, you're going to have one anyway. And then her braces cause a, a electromagnetic shock, whatever. And it turns on the CCTV camera. So she's clocked having a cigarette. And her parents are horrified and they're like, how long have you been smoking? And she's like, this is the first and last time, I promise. And so she's like, look, the the mum and the dad are like, look, you need to be punished. So you're going to be grounded for a month. And so Sharon's dad's girlfriend trying to do the same. And he's like, obviously he's a delinquent. He's like, you can't punish me. Why are you going to be parent now? You've never been parent in your in your entire life. Why are you, why are you going to be my parent? Like, just being a real jerk yeah real jerk <laughs> you're a jerk <laughs> and uh so yeah so he's um he goes off and he goes to see uh sharon in in her house and sharon's like why do you have to act like this why don't you just act like a normal human being and he's like i don't want anyone telling me what to do i don't want anyone telling me rules and whatnot and so Sharon's like, look, I'm not, I don't really want to hang out with you. You're just, yeah, you're too weird or whatever. And I don't want to go down the, the path that you're going down. And so, yeah, so that was a really good, uh, interesting episode about teen smoking and the dangers and the and how wrong it is. So that was a, a, a good episode. Obviously, we spoke about Leap of Faith, so we don't have to uh, talk about that. Obviously, I think, yeah, it, with Leap of Faith, it did end with Alden and Sharon getting together, I think. Yep, yep. So that kind of ended all nice and lovely. And this was another episode about filming. So Sharon and the the gang, they're trying to prep a music video for Mangled Metal. And uh, they have a song called The Wrong part of the neighborhood or the wrong side of the neighborhood something like that but they're all don't know which way to go because they have like loads of creative differences and they're all basically like oh we should do this we should do that maria's basically being a really rubbish producer and she's not listening to what the band want sharon just wants it to be nice and simple and again with what they have they just create a, a half decent music video and they they all get back to to together again and that was Braceface. i i yeah i mean it was okay but i'm uh, guessing i know what you're gonna pick too it's no it's no surprises i mean this one this this cartoon was just unremarkable it was it was okay yeah but it was just okay it, yeah i mean i can see why it slipped under the radar certainly for me i did not hear of it until yeah, I mean, the thing is, as as told by Ginger did as well, but I was surprised about that because that was actually really good. Yeah, I'm but choosing I, I, as told I had by heard of As Told by Ginger, though. I hadn't. 
Yeah, I've I've already chosen, haven't I? So yeah, I've chosen as told by Ginger. I think it was no surprise this week. I mean, it was like a. It was but like I said, initially I was thinking I might pick Brace Face, but as I continued watching as told by Ginger, I thought this is just a much better cartoon. Magnificent! It's like elite. Yeah. now we're going on to i can't wait the main event so we're going to march 1997 and uh, some of the things happening in the world picasso's painting tete du femme is stolen from a london gallery and is recovered a week later paul mccartney is knighted by the queen and becomes sir paul mccartney Julius Chan resigns as Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea, ending the Sandline Affair. Liar Liar is in the cinemas. Amazing film. Yes. Top, maybe top three Jim Carrey films. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely, yeah, definitely in my top three. Mama was number one by the Spice Girls. I think this is a very uh, apt song what with mother day mother's day coming up in uh, two days time so uh you're welcome just in case y'all forgot it was mother's day here i am reminding y'all that it's mother's day and you can listen to this lovely song by the spice girls so who do you think you are was also so it was like a two song number one thing so mama and who do you think you are by the spice girls was number one in the charts and now we go on to la 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 <sighs> daria so this was a american adult animated sitcom created by glenn eichler and Susie lewis lynn focuses on daria morgendorfer who is a smart somewhat misanthropic teenage girl who along with her best friend and aspiring artist jane lane observed the world around her the show is set in the fictional suburban american town of lawndale and is a satire of high school life full of illusions to and criticisms of popular culture and social classes and it's kind of like bookended with diary's high school year and ends with graduation and acceptance into college and the plots of Daria largely concern a juxtaposition between the central characters' jaded, sardonic cynicism and the values and preoccupations of her suburban American hometown of Lawndale. Daria actually appeared in Beavis and Butthead as a character. And I think they just kind of took that character and turned it into a whole show in and of itself. The theme song is You're Standing on My Neck, written and performed by Splendora. So some of the things written about Daria. So in the New York Times, it was described as a blend of Dorothy Parker, Fran Lebowitz and Gian Garofalo wearing Carrie Donovan's glasses. Daria Morgendorfer, 16 and cursed with a functioning brain, has the misfortune to see high school, her family and her life for exactly what they are and the temerity to comment on it and again 
John J. O'Connor wrote in the New York Times in March 1997, as far as MTV and Beavis and Butthead are concerned, Daria is an indispensable blast of fresh air. And it got loads of positive reviews during the course of its run. And it was MTV's one of MTV's highest rated shows with the network manager Van Toffler viewing the character as a good spokesperson for MTV, intelligent but subversive. And G.J. Donnelly of TV Guide writing about the series finale lamented, I already missed that monotone. I already missed those boots. Even at its most far-fetched, this animated film approaches the teenage experience much more realistically than shows like Dawson's Creek. And on the same occasion, Emily Nossbaum wrote for Slate that the show is biting the dust without ever getting the credit it deserved for social satire, witty writing, and most of all, a truly original main character. And particularly singling out the praise that all the characters were heading to very different paths of lives based on their economic prospects, giving the show an ambiguous end. And the finale, a bit of a classic, sharply funny exploration of social class most teen films would render well cartoonish. And in 2002, TV Guide ranked Daria number 41 on its 50 greatest cartoon characters of all time in december 2013 the daily telegraph included daria in its list of best female characters and in the guardian basically there's a, an article written by megan coaster who said the, the the article was daria the 90s cartoon that nailed american feminist teenhood so what she said was it was fiercely intelligent. It never speaks down to its audience, only to it. Daria is virtually genderless by design, though her unrequited feelings for Jane's alt-rock poster boy brother Trent, which manifest in Daria's brief dalliance with belly button piercing in order to impress him, prove that she's still a teenage girl, albeit one who reads being and nothingness at the dinner table. Daria blossom into an icon of above it all, Take no shit feminism. And you can quote that. I'm going to leave that on. I'm putting that E sign for the podcast. Ain't no bleeping. That is diary for you. And in April 2017, in commemoration of the 20th anniversary of the series, co-creator Susie Lewis and character designer Karen Disher were contacted by Entertainment Weekly magazine to reimagine the lives of the main characters 20 years after the events of the series and in that interview Lewis admitted that she would love to bring back Daria to TV in June 2018 MTV announced that a new Daria spin-off series Jody starring Tracy Ellis Ross as the titular character as well as exec producing the show is the first in its series of spin-off planned by the networks based on the Daria franchise before I pass on to you, some of the main characters, you had Daria, you had Jane, her best friend, Quinn Morgendorfer, who is Daria's shallow, materialistic and vain younger sister. You had Helen Morgendorfer, who was Daria and Quinn's mother, who was a workaholic corporate attorney and the principal wage earner of the family. So that was a really interesting dynamic. 
You had Jake Morgendorfer, who was the, the dad, who was neurotic, short-tempered, long-suffering, but well-meaning, lovely family man. You had Brittany, who was the head cheerleader and girlfriend to Kevin. You had Jody, who was one of the few black students and romantically linked to Mac. Kevin was the quarterback. And as I was saying, Mac was the team captain of the school football team. So, uh, Daria, why did you bang your head and why and why haven't you stopped rolling your eyes? I've got a preface to say, like, I ain't as big a fan as you are to start off with. Why not? Right, so there's a couple of things. And maybe it's the character, which means it was really w- well written. But there's a couple of things that, like, kind of, like, I had a something to say when you said it. They said, like, because she's, like, some feminist she's a the face of teen feminism whatever it was right yeah but first of all she's a miserable old goat right she's so what she's so no first of all she's so miserable right all of the time right and then also because she's in touch of her negative feelings and this and that and she's aware of whatever's going on this and over like i was like (laughs) i was like no like no but she's not though that's the whole point about daria no but she is She's so rude to everybody she meets. She isn't. She she's is. Just, she's very short. Yeah, but dry that, sense of humor. I would have thought someone like you would love Daria. No, nah, I mean, the thing is, this is only the pilot. And I was like, she. Do you know the bit where she's your kind of character? No, she's. The thing is, she's rude to people, and I don't like that. Like, but she's not rude. Okay. In what way was she rude? She. Let me just check. Because I didn't write. Excuse it. me. Excuse me. As it says in the intro, she's saying "excuse me" where she's living in a world where everything is going at such a fast pace. Obviously, you got the turn of the millennium with the internet and the computer, and here she is, the most level and most grounded person. Where her family, you got Quinn, who's like this dim and just a a bimbo you got the parents who are like you got the the dad who isn't really working you got the mum who doesn't really concentrate on their kids and you got daria who's the one who makes the most sense yeah but she makes everyone feel like the you know so some everyone has shortcomings in their in their personality right but she makes people feel those shortcomings she's like boom on like you're like you you do this, you do that. Um, Truth hurts. No, but the thing is, it doesn't have to hurt if you don't tell people. Like you can, you don't have to tell everyone that they're wrong all the time. Honestly, I for one, I'm shocked. I mean, okay, that's the first. I for one, I'm shocked. I would have thought someone like you would love Daria. No, do you know what? I could have, I could have forgiven all of the the um the shortness, but she's just so miserable. But she, she, I think, I thought, like, Daria, like, it represent, if there was ever a, a cartoon or, or, or anything that represents the MTV generation, it's Daria. Just like, you know, not really caring, having just that attitude of like, oh, hey, but, you're right, yeah. But I think because it, you know what? Life isn't happy. Life isn't ha, 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 ha. Life is, is real. It's real in them streets. And Daria brilliantly expresses that every single day. No, I think it. There, there came a point in my teenage years where it became like kind of cool not to care and cool to be this kind of like yeah whatever like you know not to get involved with it and it, and 
And I, I, I didn't buy Daria it. is a mood. Yeah, but the thing is... Look, She's a mood. I think she invented the resting bitch face. Yeah, but it's just like... what? But it, the thing is, it doesn't have to be like that. It has. To, Why not? Because it's whatever you make of your situation, obviously. Some yeah, and she's making whatever of her situation. That's what she's doing. Yeah, but she's miserable about it, man. You don't have to be miserable. Like, well, look at, look at her family. For a start. She's got parents who are here, there and everywhere. She's got a younger sister who's ashamed of her. I would be ashamed of her as well. What, what like from the jump? It's not her fault. She she likes to read. She's very intelligent. She seems like someone that I'd, I would love to talk to. I would love to be friends with Daria. Yeah, but she wouldn't like to be friends with you. That's the problem. Yes, she would. No, she wouldn't. Because I would, I would, I, I see the world <laughs> the way she sees it. I just think it's just like... I would be the Jane to her Daria. I just think that, you know, the world is bad enough without, without more negativity. And, and it's not that... It's kind of like there's very little comic relief in it and it's just uh, there's lots of comic relief and i laughed my butt off watching daria but it's so there is plenty of comic relief but it's not like it's i don't know i can't explain it okay so because you're a hater no i i, I, I thing is you're a hater that's why you can't explain like my first note was miserable old goat like it's not like yeah because you're a hater it wasn't don't need no hateration, holleration in this podcastery. No need no hateration, holleration. I think, like, yeah, I think I, I think I fell out with Daria at the very beginning, and I and I haven't, and I never managed to. I loved Daria as a kid, it. and I loved it when See, I watched I, it. I never, I never watched it as a kid. I didn't it used know to about come it. on Channel Five. It didn't used to come on CBBC. Shoot, and you this can't. Was, Y'all can't be putting no Daria on CBBC or CIB. It's coming like Saturdays on Channel 5. See, we never had Channel 5. We said we had this discussion before. <laughs> we, we didn't have Channel 5 until probably... What, turn of the millennium? Uh, yeah, at least. At least. Yeah, I remember like when Channel 5 first dropped, they used to show like a Saturday afternoon would be like a block of programming yeah. for like sort of early teens and like early mid-teen programming. But or no. like maybe even even for like older teens and they yeah. would show every Saturday afternoon at like 3 o'clock they'd show Daria on, on Channel 5 and we used to always watch it and it's just, just I was like I love this this is if there was a cartoon that just spoke to me as I am as a person yeah. just being really neurotic and just yeah I think it's like I, I kind of understand it but I just think screw like, the world yeah I was a bit like man like just just have fun and enjoy it because you can no but you know what right girls don't like blokes saying that to them what you cheer know like up. oh oh yeah yeah cheer up love could be worse and all that stuff like i i know for a fact ladies hate that it's like why are you telling me cheer up yeah yeah why don't you mind your own business go 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 sit down and shut your mouth ladies like you guys can be as morose and as as dry and as cutthroat as you like you, you, you do you. You do you, Daria. Do you. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I'm just talking about me, how I felt about it, man. Like, yeah, whatever, I, man. I just. Man, man telling woman to cheer up. Yeah, that's a great, great advert for Women's History Month. I didn't tell her to cheer up. I just said, she, I just said that she was miserable and she is. And she was rude and she is rude. 
doing the slow clapping. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, I understand that, and you know, like, but I just, it was not, it was not for me, man. Like, I need a bit more positivity and a little, you know, even a little. Wait, 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 wait. What? You know, what? I'm going to use this against you. When I pick a really positive cartoon or TV show to talk about with lots of musical interludes, hey, listen, you're going to be like, oh my God, it was just so happy, so positive. I did say a little bit more positivity, which is not hard to shoehorn into an episode of Daria. There's even lots of positivity in Daria even, and fun. Even the colour scheme was like grey. <laughs> Wasn't it? Like, I could understand where the thing is. I, I could see the people that, you know, that she was kind of, was representing. I could literally find an episode of a pod where you're going, there's just a little bit too much positivity. Let's <laughs> bring it down a little bit, shall we? And here it is. Yeah, but that's a lot. It's not, really. I think, no, I, honestly, I th- the main thing... Well, I the think- fact that it got such big reviews and it was such a winner for mtv in terms of ratings and yeah great. prominence like i said like daria is a voice of a generation whether you want it to or not i think this was kind of like the the cutting off point of generation x and coming into millennials and yeah. i think daria is like that sort of gateway between the two the two kind of generations like yeah with gen, gen generation x and millennials and coming in and interwoving and yeah, I think the gateway I think that is that is Daria she she spoke for a lot a lot of people she she her mood her her attitude the way she saw life the way she would correctly see how things are and yeah. the way they are and it's not life yeah. isn't all bed of roses and high school isn't Oh, I'm gonna get with the boy, and the boy's gonna get with the girl, and the quarterbacks gonna get it with the cheerleader, and no, no, I mean that's great, but the thing is, like, obviously, you, it's it's about uh, opinion, and and but as we but as we get into episodes, we're gonna see that Daria is human, and yeah. she she is fallible to things that teens will 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 get into, so. Uh, on that note, yeah, let's 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 get, let's get right into episodes. Right, do you want me to start? Because yeah. you know mine are going to be way shorter than yours. Um, shall I do it like Daria, like the voiceover? <laughs> A football player comes in famous for running into goalposts. Oh, misery chick! I watched this episode. <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, um. Yeah, and the, the geezer gets killed by a safety, uh, safety yeah. goalpost. Yeah, supposed supposed to be there to save his life. Yeah, um, and then Daria helps people because she's kind of like, she's 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 known as she's, misery chick. Yeah, and she's kind of the one that's like actually she can deal with negative emotions in a healthy way, right? Yeah, everyone else doesn't know how to do it because they're like, they you know they want to be so happy and and everything, and she actually can process health in a healthy way, negative emotions. So people kind of come to her for help. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of sets her character up really nicely, I guess. Um, and so she kind of, right at the end, she does this kind of clever thing where the, she's like, okay, listen, I'm not helping you for free anymore. You've got to pay me. <laughs> pay me $10 and I'll help you. And then she takes her and she says, think about something else. 
And she goes, I paid you ten dollars for that. He goes, It's working already. <laughs> you know, so I thought that was you know that was quite clever, quite a clever thing. Yeah. Um, that's basically the pilot, right? No, the pilot was Esteemsters. Oh, well, that's what the one I thought was the, the pilot. That was not the pilot. No, the 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 pilot was Esteemsters. So they're moving to Lawndale from Highland, Texas, and Quinn gains instant popularity, and. Daria doesn't and basically the school give Daria a psychological exam because they assume that she has low self-esteem and they assign her to a special class for kids and that's where she meets Jane and Quinn is like walking around pretending that Daria isn't her sister and but and yeah so she graduates from this uh, class of like low self-esteem and Dari's like, there is one special person that I want to thank. And that is my beautiful little sister, Quinn. And everyone's like, that's your sister, that's your sister, that's your sister. And Quinn is like, how could you, Daria? How could you do that? And her parents are like, oh, that's really sweet of you, Daria. It's really nice that you that you did that. Really, really sweet of you. And uh, so, yeah, that was um, the uh, episode. Obviously, I made some notes on Mizu Trick because... Yeah, Jane apparently was really upset because she was affected by joking about how because the, they thought that he uh, was a yeah. jerk. And she said, oh, "We should die or something," and then he yeah, died, and then yeah. he ends up dying, and she feels a bit bad about that. And then Daria and Jane come to the conclusion that he didn't need to die, but he wasn't a nice guy too. Because remember, he was hitting on Brittany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then. Um Kevin, yeah, yeah, the so, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So he's quite a skinny guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's got yeah. His armor. Um, what else did you watch? Uh, so I watched one called Multimedia Assignment. Okay. Uh, and this is the one where uh, basically they get assigned in class to do something, and it can't be written. Yeah. Any other medium it can be like sound, it can be vision, and things like this, and it has to be submitted like digital assignment. Um, so uh, Jane gets uh, Trent. So Jane gets her brother Trent to 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 play sorry to compose a music track yeah for their assignment um and uh jane and daria go to a club to to ask him this so he's kind of performing at this club uh, and then jane meets a guy called tom at this club and she goes off gallivanting with this guy um uh and then so when the band finish daria asks asks him if asks the brother if 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 she can um compose his track and he's like yeah that's fine um yes yeah, so he said he says that's fine and then um Dario's kind of mad at jane because tom and jane went off on a kind of little date thing um and she was said that i'll be back before the second set but never came back but Dario left anyway and gets taken back oh i've seen this one this one was called well, i don't know what it's called but i've just put multimedia assignment was the thing i, I didn't see episode names um Blah 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 blah, and then so they go to there's a pizza place, and uh, Daria's rude to Tom in the pizza place. Is yeah, what, there's another yeah, thing when yeah, I say yeah. being, being rude all the time. Yeah, so she goes up and basically starts slagging this guy off. But there's a reason why. Yeah, but he's with oh yeah, because uh, later on that they get together, right? I saw it in the last yeah, episode. That's why. Yeah, there's a Daria Tom Jane love triangle thingy. So, yeah, uh, so I was, but they're in the in the thing, and he comes up, and she's basically just like boys him off. Basically. Yeah, um, yeah, and then oh, it's called Jane's Edition. 
James Edition. Okay, so yeah, so I just said multimedia. So when I say the names, by the way, it's not. Yeah, it's probably I knew, not Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Yeah, called. I think it was the last episode of season three. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and then so basically, Tom pulls her up later in the episode and kind of says, "Listen, you can't talk to people like that. That's, yeah, that's not cool." Um, uh, and they kind of like decide that they'll they'll get on. Uh, meanwhile, Trent doesn't make the music because he can't find his muse. Yeah. Um. They ended up um, doing a report, but with no music. Um, uh, Trent takes out Dario to the pizza place again. Yeah. Uh, and then Tom comes uh, with Jane, and Trent leaves and leaves. Well, this is one thing I really was a bit peculiar, right? So Jane, Trent leaves Dario on the table. He goes away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then that leaves Jane and Tom yeah. and, on another table having a pizza. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And then, so Jane's, so sorry, Dara's eating a pizza, and then you know Jane's like, "Come on, come on, come over here. It's fine. You know, we're all friends," kind of thing. Yeah. And then she leaves her pizza on the table and Trent's pizza on the table. That's you know there. Then she goes and eats Jane's pizza. I was like, "Come on, waste not, want not. Bring your pizza with you." <laughs> um, yeah, and that, that was kind of the end of that episode. So the last episode I watched was half of an episode, to be honest. But it um it was like a half of is it the finale? Is it college yet? Yeah, I think that's the finale, finale. So I think maybe get through mine and then we can talk about. Yeah, that one. okay, yeah. So I only watched half of that though. That's all right. It's half more than I did. So uh. <laughs> okay, yep. So I, t- I spoke about Steamsters, Misery Chicks. So yeah, Arts and Craft. Okay, so they. Basic Dario and Jane create a icon classic poster for a contest depicting a teenage girl who secretly has an eating disorder and they write a little poem and in the poem it says <laughs> I you know what look I'm not belittling eating disorders and bulimia but yeah so the the poem was she knows she's a winner she couldn't be thinner now she goes in the bathroom and vomits up dinner. <laughs> so that, that are we allowed to laugh at this? That's, <laughs> you know, I burst out laughing when I was watching it because I just knew it would be something really crass and and horrible like that. And so Miss Miss Lee, who's the principal, and Mister O'Neill, and they're like, "Look, just change it into something positive." And Dara and Jane are like, "Look, this is a, a reality." of a, a pretty girl she might be pretty but like her world is fairly ugly yeah. and i want to be able to express that no matter what and so they miss lee was like look we're gonna we're gonna change it whether you want to or not and so they change it into something more positive and then so daria and jane vandalized their picture and so basically mrs lee the principal calls daria's mum and she was like to daria's mum look she was like oh we um because obviously daria was like i don't want you to enter our picture if you're going to make me change it like no deal i don't want that but mrs lee done it anyway and so when mrs lee was telling daria's mum about the vandalism she was like so you entered the competition without my daughter's permission because obviously she's a lawyer. She just basically destroyed her argument in 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 one fell swoop. She was like, "Well, you entered my daughter's thing without her permission, 
and you entered it into a competition where she didn't want you putting that picture on there she's like that's you 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 can't do that kind of thing and then yeah in the end earlier they just vandalized it anyway by putting like a big circle and cross so like no entry sign or whatever that was but yeah that um that that poem was something special and uh yeah i i know how crass it was and <laughs> oh my god thing is it's like she it, knows she's a winner she couldn't be thinner now she goes in the bathroom and vomits up dinner and also in this episode i noticed was neonatal skinheads on sick sad world like sick sad world was like this program that they watch and this is showing how things are just really weird so for now there's one oh are they ghosts in your house stealing your food find out more on sick sad world and as like, oh here's a 65 year old woman who is being sent off on her retirement on a rocket ship to mars coming up on sick sad world so that was another kind of thing about that was yeah so it's a fictional tabloid tv show sick sad world Episode 8 of Season 4, Psychotherapy. So they're going to a weekend retreat at the Ivy Mental Health Spa to be evaluated because Helen is being considered for promotion. She potentially might make partner. And over the next few days or over the course of the next few days, they come face to face with some unpleasant aspects of their lives. Like Quinn she fancies one of the doctors and jake gets to like vent about being some kind of henpecked henpecked husband because obviously he's inferior to his wife who's like this corporate powerhouse of a lawyer <laughs> and so he feels a bit unmasculated and daria is always like she's just basically being herself and the doctors all realize that she's the one that's making the most sense out of everybody. And Helen is finding out that she's largely unappreciated and she doesn't feel like she has anything or like she feels like everybody just takes her for granted. And Jane sets up a, a webcam called Jane Cam. And it obviously it includes Tom in the webcam as well. So that was another thing. And then, yeah, and... In it, the episode ends with Helen getting the promotion and making partner in the law firm because they obviously I think they do the whole evaluation and it looked like it was something that they all definitely needed episode 13 die die my darling so basically Jane wants to paint tiger stripes in her hair and she basically tries to get Daria to do it but Daria messes up and her hair looks all really weird. And so they have a, an argument because she's like, oh, why are you doing this to my hair? Are you after my man, Tom? And Daria's like, no, what are you talking about? I'm not. I don't like Tom. And she's like, oh, so why would you do this to my hair then? She goes, because oh, Daria's like, I don't want to do this. Let, why don't you get one of the more popular girls to do it? And then I think Tom goes around to Daria's house. And he's like, oh, why don't you just get in the car with me? And they're just sitting in the car. And then he's like, oh, Diary's just like, oh, I don't like you because you're getting in the way of me and my friend. I've moved to this new town and I didn't think that I would find any friends. Everybody would reject me. But the only person who hasn't is Jane. And here you are just coming here and 
yeah, so they basically kiss in the car. Dario is like, oh my god, I regret it, I regret it. And Tom's kind of like the same. And then Dario's just, she just blurts out and tells Jane, I kiss Tom. And Jane is like, what? How could you do that? How could you do that? And then Jane and Tom start talking and then they realize, look, we don't really like each other anymore. And Jane's like, but you like Daria, don't you? And he's like, no, but he's like, yeah, you do. And he's like, what, you want me to go out with Daria? She's like, yeah, go and just go out with Daria because I know you like her. And then that's how she accepts that Tom and Daria start dating. Season five, episode two, sappy anniversary so basically quinn is getting a whole bunch of gifts from all these guys and they're writing all this lame stuff like oh happy anniversary of the first day you let me borrow your pen or happy <laughs> anniversary of the first day you let me sit down and quinn was like the most important thing in a relationship is if someone remembers your anniversary and so daria is thinking oh did he remember ours and she doesn't know what's worse the fact that she's upset that he forgot the anniversary or the fact that how stereotypical it is to be upset by it. So she's in a bit of a tizzy because she's like, I don't care, but I do care. And he's trying, like she's trying to mangle all that into her head. And she's being her typical self where she doesn't want to talk to anybody and not really expressing herself. So that's really annoying on the part of Tom. Cause he's like, if you can't tell me what's wrong, then how can I help? And how can I, how can I make it right? And Dara's just like, yeah, whatever, mate, you can't help me. And then also in this episode, Jake gets a, a new job with computers and he's surrounding by like young people. They're all like all young, hip. He's basically going into like a, a modern style office where it's all like big spaces, fruit baskets in the corner, basically like the Facebook offices in uh, in London. So it's all like a bunch of young, hip, technical people and he's struggling to fit in and they all accept him in the end when he's, when they just see him as like the angry old man that they can kind of use for like consultancy. Because obviously he's like, damn computer, doesn't work, damn this, damn that. And they're like, oh yeah, we can actually use you as uh, as part of, what we're, part of what we're doing. And the last episode I watched was Boxing Daria. So she sees a box and it brings back a painful memory of her parents arguing about Daria. Obviously Helen, the mum, is like Daria should want to be accepted by people. She should want to be talking to students. And Jake is like, no, she doesn't. She doesn't want to be liked by anybody. She doesn't want to do anything. And they're all like arguing about it, thinking what's Daria going to do. And they show like a, a clip of um, them as kids. And they're like, oh, how's how how school? And Dyer's like, school was school. Very forgettable. None of the kids want to play with me. I just want to read my book. And Quinn is like, I'm talking to all of the kids. All the kids like me. I like talking to the kids. Nah, 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 nah. And so they go to like a child psychologist and they're like, obviously, you know, you know, when they're showing the blotted picture and you have to say what it is. And Dari is just like, and they're like, oh, to her, what do you see? And she's like, I don't see anything. And it's like, oh, it's not that you don't see. You have to imagine that you're seeing something. And Dari's like, well, I can just imagine it by drawing a picture. 
And so they're all just like, what are we going to do with this girl? And they're all just bickering and arguing. And then so she hides in a box. And, and that's like her sort of safety place where she just goes away from the world and everything. And yeah, when they get this new fridge and they see this box and Daria's like, don't you see that this box brings back memories? And the parents are like, we don't know what you're talking about. And she gets upset that they're all angry and forgetting. And Quinn is like, oh, yeah, I remember they had an argument about you. And now I remember the box. And then Daria's just like to her parents, be honest with me. Were you having a fight about me? And the mom was like, yes. And Jake's like, no. So he's saying at the same time, like, yes, no. And she's like, <laughs> Jake. And he's like, oh, yes. Yes, kiddo. Sorry. We, 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 we did. And they were like trying to figure out like, and then Daria's thinking that, oh, am I the biggest burden? Like me being myself, is that uh, a burden? Because like every time they had an argument, Jake would always go away. And Daria was thinking, is that my fault? So that was probably the realization that Daria, the way she is, she's thinking, is that a burden? Me being who I am? Maybe certain people don't like that and certain people don't yeah so that was a really like good episode like making daria see that maybe the way she is maybe the way she acts it might it might be sane and rational to her and certain people but a lot of people look at it and just think yeah why are you like that why are you are you feeling okay do you feel upset and angry and and so on and so forth thing is like as a parent, you would be very worried if your child had no interest in school. Well, she has interest in school. No, no, she but, loves books and stuff. No, but, yeah, but what I'm saying is if your child came home and said, oh, how was school? It was forgettable. That would be worry. That would be a warning sign as a parent. And also, like, <laughs> I don't want to... The other kids don't want to play with me. And That would be, like, another flag, wouldn't it? Because you'd want your kid to be playing with other kids in the playground. Yeah, and being be, able to socialize and, with his peers. And, do you know... To, to say oh yeah I did this at school I did that at school especially when they're very young yeah. when they're older you lose them and they just grunt at you at best but um, you know when they're young you, you, you'd hope for them to be like uh, yeah the last episode was is it college yet so some of the things happening before I let you talk so she's deciding Daria whether to go to college or continue a relationship with Tom Jane decides to not go college because she gets rejected to the schools that she applied for Quinn gets a job at a restaurant where her new best friend and boss is revealed to have a drinking problem. Kevin has to repeat his senior year and he's trying to keep that from Brittany. Jody wants to go to an all black school because she doesn't want to go to her parents' school. And yeah, that's all I've got for it. Um, so I got, uh, so they're all obviously all applying for university. There's yep. a time in life when you got to do your UCAS, you got to write your opening statement. And oh, that's worst worst ever time um because as brits we're not very good at selling ourselves no uh so quinn buys some 600 hundred dollar shoes on credit card and he gets told off by a mum. uh then i put tom with daria question mark question mark question mark question mark because i didn't i think she goes to college and not ends up being with tom um if i was to predict because i've not seen it maybe i'll go back and watch i mean i only watched half of this episode because i didn't realize it was an hour long to be honest and i I wouldn't have probably have watched it. <laughs> I realised it was an hour. Um, 
so uh so Quinn gets a job at a restaurant to pay for the credit card um you know trying to learn a bit more responsibility yeah um Jodie wants to go to normal university uh so that she's a kid and not just a black kid yeah so you always go to all black yeah yeah she wants yeah so she wants to be like just a kid there she doesn't want to be like yeah 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 um dario goes to the interview but completely cocks it up because she has this internal monologue um that goes and 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 the monologue's talking and she's not talking it kind of makes the interview awkward and she kind of messes it up yeah um then they're due to go to another interview but they meet someone i can't remember who this guy is i didn't write it down um, but basically, they end up missing the next interview for the um, thing because they get stuck in traffic on the way, mm-hmm. on the way to Boston. And Jane doesn't get into her uni choices, uh, but then she decides that she doesn't want to go to uni because she's this artsy person. And she's like, if I go to art cl- uh, college, then maybe they're going to teach me something, but art's supposed to be free. And this, I don't know, it got a bit boring, to be fair. Um, <laughs> uh, then Matt gets a scholarship. Uh, football scholarship to um, his first choice university and Daria gets into second choice college and is miserable about it and that was 33 minutes 22 seconds into the show and I turned it off that's alright I'm guessing they all live happily ever after but just in separate bits yeah I, I think so and I think that would be a, a good place to bring it to an end I like I said I thought Daria was magnificent absolutely elite cartoon one of the best we've done on yesterday's capers and uh yeah bringing it to an end and uh next week will be the last of the women's history month episodes and be ashamed to see it go because i've we've done some brilliant shows there's some shows that have cropped up that i've never heard of and yeah it's been great to celebrate women this month yeah absolutely and uh like i said next week is mother's day so uh don't let the uh, COVID-19 bring you down and uh, celebrate your mamas, y'all. Celebrate your mamas. And uh, yeah, well, yesterday's capers will be available wherever you get your podcast from. So yeah, give us a listen. Give us a holler. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try our best to uh, make this the best podcast we can do, especially in Women's History Month and things of that nature. On the socials, you can find us on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers One, Yesterday Capers on Twitter. You can follow me on Insta at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Like, share, subscribe, comment, follow, holla, do, do all those things, and uh, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>